This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, this is Tim, former GameStop employee. My name is Dane. Um, this is episode number 195. Uh, we've done 195 of these, Tim. Can you Can believe you it? Believe? <laughs> Jinx. Because <laughs> I was doing the same thing. No, I cannot believe it. It feels like we just did our 100th episode, and here we are, close to 200, just five away. It feels like we just started the podcast yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> Even though we've been doing it, I think in April 2012, so we're going on eight years wow. next month. It's crazy to think about that. But it's yeah. felt like a while since our last episode, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, you know somebody had to had to cancel our recording session for uh, this podcast because <laughs> because I had to leave doing... the planet. Yeah. He's doing something <laughs> 10 times better than doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave. Nothing on this planet compares to podcasts with you on Saturday afternoons. Oh, you know better than that. You. Thank <laughs> you, Dave. Except uh, uh, what you did. So, so why don't you tell everybody uh, what you did? So I finally made my way onto the planet Batu. It's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim. <laughs> After it's going to be a year pretty soon since it opened, but um, I held off on going because I knew the whole section wasn't completed yet. They haven't put the Rise of the Resistance ride in there when it first opened. Plus, I wanted to go with people who fellow Star Wars fans who I knew <laughs> would appreciate it and experience it for the first time, just like me. So, because I knew if I went earlier, it just would have been my by myself and a would have been cool, but not nearly as fun with going with fellow Star Wars fans. So I wanted to make sure I did that. So I went with my fellow Star Wars The Saga Continues podcast hosts, Kyle and Paul, and a couple of other friends of ours, Justin Bolger and Sean Gerber. And that Friday, we went to Galaxy's Edge, and Paul and Kyle stayed with me the entire weekend, which is why I couldn't record that Saturday. <laughs> I guess we could have done a yeah. four, four-way four Batfans podcast for the first time <laughs> with three of us in here, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, I, I I really have to ask you, Tim. How much was it to to get in to Disneyland? Well, they just raised the prices, but mm. we I think what it was before it was like uh, it was like around 120, and you know, I think it's like 160. Wow. Okay. To get in, so it's they keep raising the prices, but the crowds still go. <laughs> but they're having right. actually a Southern California's like deal going on. I think for like three nights for $69 a night you can, or for a day for Southern oh, California residents, which is a great deal. Yeah. If you're a resident of uh, Southern California. Yeah. So, so you could technically go again for 69 99 yeah. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but everybody else, everybody else you went with yeah. <laughs> $160. Pays to be in Southern California. Sometimes. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Great weather. Uh, no humidity. Um, yeah, sounds good. Um, you know, uh, w- when you said you're going to Galaxy's Edge, uh, I was, I was just thinking. You know, th- they should do a Star Wars themed hotel. You Have know, you not heard about thing. that yet? Oh, there's there is going to be one. There is going to be one. Yes, okay. in in Florida by Disney World. Uh, They're going to make a. Star Wars themed resort where it's going to be full on immersive where you, they're going to give you your own clothes to fit in the Star Wars universe. It's going to be like you're in a, a, a cruise ship out in space so they'll have these monitors posing as windows so you can see out in space. It's going to be the full blown like you're in a Star Wars resort ship. Okay. And that's going to be pretty expensive. I think it's a and, couple of grand. Oh wow. <laughs> and, and how um and what is your room going to look like? Is it going to be Star Wars themed? Is it going to like have, you know, is it going to look like the cantina or something? It'll probably be a section like that, but your your yeah. room or cabin's going to be, you know, like a space space cabin, so to speak. That's oh. that you see in other Star Wars ships. So <laughs> nothing too out of the ordinary for Star Wars decorations or decor, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. I I guess you're spending a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> See plus... that might be a ways off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not sure what exactly that's going to happen. Maybe it's probably going to be a few years when that opens. I think it's going to open later this year, but it might be a while until I go there. It looks pretty cool though. Yeah, but I'd be plenty content with Galaxy's Edge because Galaxy's Edge was amazing. <laughs> so 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 what you you go into Disneyland. And then you go into the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge section, right? Mm-hmm. And where do you go from there? So I, I like how you enter it because it's a little bit past Frontierland after the Thunder Mountain Railroad ride. And there's this entryway that's like you're going through this underground cave, so to speak. It's like a rocky terrain and you're walking through it. And as you're going through it, there's playing this music that has a very Star Wars John Williams feel to it, very atmospheric that just gets you really pumped and excited to make you feel like you're entering a Star Wars planet. And I had that feeling. And as soon as you walk in, you just see the buildings, the architecture that just feels so Star Wars. And I just had a big smile on my face as I entered that. And so the first thing you see, I believe, is a droid workshop. And then you can make left. You go... That would be the best way to go to sort of the Falcon, which is the first place that we went to. And seeing the Falcon up and close was incredible. I wasn't expecting to be as blown, blown away 
as seeing the Falcon in person as I was. I mean, I was looking forward to it. It was going to be cool to take pictures, but actually standing there and seeing it right in front of you was an incredible feeling, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was just so cool. So, yeah, it, this right away, it had an immediate effect that this is awesome. And just the whole experience walking around there, it really felt like really felt like Star Wars, besides seeing people wearing normal clothes that are there with you <laughs> in T-shirts <laughs> and stuff. But buildings and everything and the feel of it, it was just really cool. And there's this one section called the Black Spire Outpost, which is like this street, this market street. That was the place that really felt like, you know, you're in a Star Wars location. Just the vibe and the way the shops look and how everything's set up, it just was really cool. You could imagine. Uh, one thing I wish they had was more maybe alien creatures, people in costumes walking around just to really give it that extra feel. There was, you occasionally saw some stormtroopers, a Kylo Ren, Chewie, and a Ray walking around, but they're kind of few and far between. It would just been cool if every section just had a couple of people in alien costumes walking around just to really sell that <laughs> you're on a Star Wars planet. But other than that, it really for me anyway, did its job is immersing you into a Star Wars planet. But yeah. the biggest things, of course, are the rides. <laughs> and the first one we did was Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. And that one, I heard mixed things on it. People say, hey, it's really not that great. It's basically a, doing a video game like Star Tours. But the first time I went on it, you there's six people who can go on it. You could, two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers as you're in the cockpit of the Falcon. And at first, I wanted to just be the gunner because I just wanted to experience the whole ride without having to worry about flying and crashing into things. So, And it was fun. I liked it. It was better than I thought it would be, or better than what people thought or were saying it was being a little disappointment. I definitely didn't think it was a disappointment. But I will say, the next time we went on it, where I actually got to fly it, it took it to a whole nother level. That was a whole lot of fun, (laughs) getting to be in the actual cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and flying it, it was a blast. <laughs> it was just something about seeing those controls in front of you and you're steering it. Just a little thing. I didn't get to do it. The person in the Chewie's uh, co-pilot chair gets to do it. But just seeing it where it tells you to go into hyperspace and there's that switch. You pull a switch and you immediately go to hyperspace. There's just something real cool about doing that and seeing that in action as you're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. I, I thought I loved that ride. It was just really, really cool. And, you know, I don't know what people were looking for, maybe, but <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't disappointed with it at all. So it's pretty much a interactive ride. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you're in the Falcon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. makes it so cool. Yeah. They just sure. did a great job of making you feel like you're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. It was just, it was almost as cool as seeing the exterior of the Falcon outside the ride, just being in there, just got that really cool feeling that you would expect to have as a diehard Star Wars fan. Are there Star Wars themed restaurants? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we mainly ate at, I forget the name of it, but it was the one that sold the Ronto wraps and <laughs> the Ronto wraps. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, the Rontos is a big monster or creature you see once they enter Moss Eisley in the New Hope Special Edition. And you see that uh, guy on the speeder swerve away from that big creature the Jawas are riding and they fall off it. <laughs> That's a Ronto. And I got a Ronto wrap. And it was delicious. <laughs> I really oh, like it. Was, it. It was pretty much like a, a hot dog wrapped in a pita wrap, <laughs> but oh. with some you know flavoring and stuff to make it taste a little different and, and good. I enjoyed it. But the I, biggest, I, I, th- I thought it would have been like a like a taco, like a soft shell <laughs> taco. 
Yeah, <laughs> they could have easily done that, but yeah. they decided to go with the you know pork route. <laughs> but the best food or beverage item to get there is something called the Meluron juice. And if you're familiar with Star Wars Rebels, there was the third episode where Ezra and Zeb had to go on an errand and get Meluron fruit. And, you know, it's such a fun little episode. It's not the greatest one out there, but I think I'll forever be thankful for it now that it gave us this amazing fruit drink that <laughs> you can only get at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We all kind of got addicted to it, just kind of to go back for more and more. But that was the best food or beverage item you can get there. It was really, really good and refreshing. Better than the blue milk. Kyle got the blue milk. Um, you let us have a taste of it. Yeah. It was it was Ugh. good, but um, it's probably something I'd only have in small portions of. <laughs> so so it's just literally blue milk. Yeah, it's like rice uh, milk is like uh, what the one they use. And there's a nice taste to it, but it's not refreshing. Not like the Melu Ron juice where it's a hot day. You want something refreshing. I don't think yeah. blue milk is going to do the job. The Melu Ron juice will. So <laughs> that's what you got to go. They should have made it into a milkshake. Yeah, just a standard milkshake with blue flavoring blue, in there. Yeah. <laughs> or blue coloring, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would have been all for that. Okay, so after you do all that and you spend you spent uh, two hundred and eighty five dollars on food, um, <laughs> oh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, what did you guys do after that? So I got to, I first I got to talk about the other ride in Galaxy's Edge: Rise of the Resistance, because that is freaking amazing. <laughs> That's easily the best ride they got at Disneyland. It was incredible, and. It was an ordeal just to get on it, really, because you're not guaranteed to get on it. The way it is, you have to register on the app to get a boarding pass um, right when the park opens, and it fills up within minutes. So we got there a little early before the park opens, make sure we had all our apps ready to sign up and get in the boarding party. And thankfully, we got in. And then once you sign up, it gives you a number, like your boarding group. We were number 39, so we had to wait till that number came up and you get a notification and you'd be able to check the progress. There's these status bars that would fill up to let you know you're closer. So um, we got to do that around two o'clock in the afternoon and it, geez, it just blew my mind, man. <laughs> it was, I heard great things about it, but it surpassed expectations because it's not just a ride. It's a whole experience where it lasts pretty much 18 to 20 minutes. It was just beyond cool. And I'm going to throw a spoiler tag out there just in case anyone listening wants to hold off on knowing what it is until they experience it, which I totally understand. That's how I was. And I'm glad I was because there was some great things that blew me away by watching it. But so the spoiler tag is out there. But the way it begins is you're in a group that you get a message from Ray. You see BB-8 and Poe on a monitor telling they're going to get us resistance recruits off Batu because the First Order discovered the resistance is there. So you're in a room as you're done waiting in line. The doors open, and immediately I'm blown away by just seeing how there's a life-size transport straight out of Star Wars that we're going to walk into. Oh, and there's Poe's black X-Wing that we see BB-8 in. It was just seeing the up close was incredible. So we go on the transport, and that's like a little Star Tours ride where you're just standing, and there's these monitors, of course, that makes you feel like you're watching in outer space. There's a Mon Calamari uh, animatronic there who's your pilot which was cool. So there's a front section and a back section. We were more towards the back, so we're, we were seeing the action play out from behind where you see these X-Wings escorting you and then the TIE Fighters start attacking. Hey, Tim, so so they're pretty much just playing videos. 
on screens or for something? this for this section. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But it's still such a cool effect. So yeah, we're the transport. We're getting attacked. Then you get sucked in by a tractor beam from a first order star destroyer. Now I don't know how they do this. Um, I'm sure there's a way that makes sense, but I, I couldn't figure out because I was just so immersed with the ride. So you're on the transport. It feels like a star toy ride. You're just motion. You're getting hit. And but once the doors open, because when we entered in the transport, we were outside. We saw the sky, <laughs> daylight, everything. But once we get stuck in the tractor beam, the doors open again, and we're on board as First Order Star Destroyer. We're in an interior that looks incredible as far as looking just like you're inside a Star Destroyer. Because the doors open, a cast member dressed as a First Order officer comes in, escorting you to your holding cells. But when your transport doors open, you see a bunch of animatronic stormtroopers that look really awesome. I was just, wow, <laughs> like what's happening right now? <laughs> this is amazing. I was conflicted of taking it all in and grabbing my phone and take pictures of everything it was just really cool of how they did that from seamlessly transitioning you from outside going on board to transport going to space and now you're in a star destroyer it was just seamless how they pulled it off and this is the next section where you're kind of waiting in line a little bit and as you're in the first order star destroyer and they're going to bring you to your holding cell but once you do um there's this really cool part where you're they put you in a holding cell then you see a video monitor of Kylo Ren and General Hux telling you they're going to be interrogated, but they walk, they move away. And then as you're about to get on the actual portion of the ride, there's this cool effect where the wall is being uh, broken into where you see like the, like a burn marks coming through it as someone is burning through the wall and they're going to rescue you. And that's where the resistance pilots or resistance members, cast members, people who are trying to get you on the ride, get your count. They're actually like doing a good job of playing the part as being resistance members who are rescuing you from your holding cell or are boarding you on your transport to make your escape. It was just a really cool effect as far as you know, making it where you're getting on the ride, but yet they're battling it as a rescue and making sure you still feel like you're in the story. So this is where the big portion of the ride kicks in, where you're on these transports, they're destroyed as your pilot, on these transports it's kind of like it not i compare it to indiana jones the ride but it's not as bumpy and of course you're not in a jeep but the seating arrangement is kind of like that and so and then you just make your way through a star destroyers and your mind gets blown by every turn because you're seeing animatronic stormtroopers firing at you and the first big wow moment of this portion is life-size imperial walkers staring down at you and as what? soon as you see that for the first time you're like like mouth hit the floor it was incredible seeing that up close in person life-size walkers it was wow (laughs) still on the tv screen the led screen this is not an led screen not this part no so 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 this is like they built a giant walker yes two of them (laughs) okay wow and it looked so impressive it was awesome and then there's a part where you're going on an elevator. It looks like they're going to fire at you. And that's like laser fire is going over your head as you make it through the ride. And then and then this is where you see actual animatronics of Kylo Ren and General Hux, which looked really good. And Kylo Ren's using the force on you to pull your ride vehicle to him. There's this part where you make your escape and you're in this dark room and his lightsaber comes on the ceiling to try to <laughs> make his way to you. It's just all cool little stuff like that. But then the biggest part that blew me away is where you're entering this room where it's a mixture of cool 
life-size built animatronics and the visual screens because you enter this cannon room where you see these big cannons of a Star Destroyer firing outside to the space battle. And that was just amazing because the cannons are really there. They're firing and you're going under them. And then you look to the right of you. This is just, you know, TV monitored or screens, but the effect on it was not lost. It felt like you're really passing through a space battle and seeing the carnage going outside of your Star Destroyer, seeing the Rebel or the Resistance fight the First Order as you're looking, the cannons firing on him. It was straight out of that moment in Revenge of the Sith, and it was amazing. I was like, ah, this, this ride keeps getting better and better. And then it ends where you make your way to an escape pod, and you, you go in, you, there's a little drop, and then it goes full-blown Star Tours mode where there's a screen. You're just watching the screen, but it again, it just feels so immersive. Like you're actually making your way through this massive space battle, flying through TIE fighters and X-Wings, avoiding crashing through ships and making your way back to the planet. It was just so seamless and just so amazing how they pulled it off, even though you know it's just a visual screen that you're looking at, but it did not feel that way as you're riding through it. And you just make your way back to the planet, and that's the end of the ride. But, man, every, you put it all together, it was just an amazing Star Wars experience that you could the best Star Wars experience you can hope to have. It was incredible as far as really making you feel like you're inside a Star Wars story for about 20 minutes. We were all blown away about by it after we wrote it. And we wanted to write it again, but you can't. <laughs> you can only get one boarding <laughs> pass for the whole day. So, But that's something you got to try to do if you go to Galaxy's Edge. It's a little pain to try to get a boarding pass, but if you're able to get one, you know, it's going to be worth it. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I, I thought it was just like, okay, now you get on the thing, and then takes you up, and you go around, and then, you know, oh look, there's Han Solo over there, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just something like that. I didn't know it was a whole interactive, um, what do you call it, uh, interactive experience. That's I thought yeah. it was, you know, j- just more like your standard Disney or Universal Studios or whatever. Where it's just like you just get on the thing and then, you know, you just sort of go around. I I, I had no idea. I just I I kind of want to see it though. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, there's YouTube videos of it that show the whole ride, and it's cool to see, but they don't do it justice as far as being actually there and experiencing it. It's on a whole nother level, and it surpassed expectations. Really, I heard great things about it, but this experience that there's nothing like it it was incredible <laughs> we just had such a buzz after yeah. riding that it was amazing so it's like it's kind of like um i don't know what ride would be comparable to that but at least for uh, the ride i don't have a bit on many rides because i usually just go to disneyland but i don't think there's anything you can compare it to it was that well, the, the the jaws ride <laughs> at, at universal studios but but 10 a little more advanced than that <laughs> Well, that's good. At least you got to experience it as a Star Wars fan. Um, with other Star Wars fans, you know, you didn't go by yourself. Yeah. Um, that's what made it great. It really did. You got to go with fellow Star Wars fans and yeah. just be blown away together. <laughs> experience it for the first time. It was so much fun. It'll cost you, but <laughs> it's worth, worth it. it to okay. me, it's definitely worth it, yes. Okay, good. You know, I... I we we've had this time off and 
I'm going to say something, Tim, that's going to make you mad as a Star Wars fan. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I just have to come up with it and say it. Um, I think The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film. No, that's not going to make me mad. <laughs> Why? Well, I, 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 know, I know a lot of a lot of you Star Wars fans don't really like uh, Ryan Johnson or The Last Jedi, but I think it's the best uh, Star Wars film. And I'll totally respect that. See, I just like it when there's a variety. We got so many movies now, and I always like it when I hear different fans say different movies that are their favorite. I just think that speaks to how well Star Wars is overall as a film franchise and as a saga, that you could pick so many different movies as your favorite. And whether it's Empire Strikes Back, which is highly regarded as the greatest Star Wars movie ever, Last Jedi, which has split fandom in their reactions to it, or oh, yeah. Phantom Menace that had such a negative reaction when it first came out. But, but I know people who say Phantom Menace are their favorite. I love hearing that. So I'll never begrudge or be mad at anyone for choosing a particular Star Wars movie as their favorite. Yeah, also, if I had to pick one um, favorite scene, I, I, I'd probably say all of the scenes on the forest moon of Endor. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I, you know, Return of the Jedi was the the uh, the the Star Wars movie I've seen the most, especially when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, but yeah, but all all the scenes in the forest on the forest moon of Endor. I don't know why. I mean, I I know they're just in California. <laughs> but you know, I can understand that. Yeah, and it's just that whole Ewok battle versus the Empire still bugs me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Ewok. I love it, and still irritates yeah. me at the same time. <laughs> the, the the Ewoks aren't as cute and fluffy as you think. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they're, they're extremely deadly creatures, especially in Star Wars yeah. Battlefront too. <laughs> yeah. But you could play them. There's that whole Ewok hunt mode, which makes them these deadly, nocturnal predator creatures. <laughs> you yeah. gotta be able to look out for them. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, I guess we we can move on to our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. Yes. If if you, you don't have anything else to say, which I highly, which I think you do about Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> there's a lot to discuss in that, and we actually. Broke that broke our experience down on the latest Star Wars Saga Continues episode, which by the time you're listening to this should be out. But as we're recording this, it's not out yet. So yeah, <laughs> you should probably be able to check it out by the time you're listening to this episode, where we go into full detail, pretty much the whole episode, talking about <laughs> the experience of Galaxy's Edge. So but, yeah, it's um, it's 19 hours, yeah, <laughs> just <so>. about, <laughs> and, and, and that was just the guys meeting up yeah. before they even got into Disneyland. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, the funny thing is, we probably together. could have. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, let's get into our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. So, uh, for this episode, we're going for a minute um, or the two hour and 23 minute mark to the two hour, 24 minute mark. Um, so, grab your Blu ray, grab your DVD, grab your HD DVD, um, grab your beta tape. Grab your laser disc. Am I missing anything, Tim? I think so you got far? all the old physical media stuff. Yeah. Okay, grab your Netflix physical subscription membership card. 
your blockbuster membership card, your projector, and our favorite too. The the way it was meant to be seen. This movie, Interstellar, Dunkirk, this new <laughs> Tenet movie coming out. And, um, All the Chris Nolan filmography should be released yeah, on this especially, format. Especially when he uses the the IMAX camera. Um, grab your VHS to DVD converted copy of The Dark Knight Rises. And I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I am good to go. All right. Three, two, one, hit play. As the tumblers race away to Gotham. Do do you think uh, Saks Fifth Avenue paid for promotion in this movie? (laughs) I don't know if you saw that building. I didn't see it, but Uh, if it was that quick, probably not. (laughs) Just an added little bonus, I guess, if anyone saw that. They got some small free publicity there. And I remember, we, I think we saw this before, but those set videos of seeing multiple tumblers out on the street and wondering what that could mean. It definitely added up to a pretty cool sequence. Which we're not quite up to yet, yeah. but seeing multiple tumblers in action against the bat, which I'm sure we'll talk about more once we get there. But we got a little glimpse of it of seeing multiple tumblers chase down the yeah, truck with the bomb in there. Oh, here we go. If I'm remembering correctly, they filmed this kind of early on, right? I think so, yeah, because those are yeah. some of the earlier set photos that we saw. Yeah. As John Blake just barely missed getting shot in the leg. <laughs> uh, it's not, that, that's not a smart thing to do, John Blake. But will he um, make it out or make his way across the bridge? We'll have to wait till our next episode to find I out. I don't know. And, and we don't know what happens to him in the end, at the end of this movie, Tim. Nope. So we gotta say spoiler free for at least another week, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do it, Tim. Uh, it's gonna be tough since there's really no other Batman movie news or production going on no way, <laughs> right no now. Way. Who's who's Robert Pattinson? The vampire, the right? Oh, the vampire guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, that that was our featured come uh, in our. Um, our minute-by-minute minute commentary, and now we can get into our featured topic, which is, of course, the Batman movie, I guess you could say. Uh, we saw the new Batsuit, um, and we saw the new Batmobile, which is a totally different approach yes. to the Batmobile. I'd say even different from the 1966 Batmobile. Um, oh, I'd agree. It's a totally its own thing. Yeah. There's I think, no doubt about it. Don't as far think as the films go. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I don't think Batman will be as... Uh, or he, he's he's not sneaking any, any, anywhere in the Batmobile. Because that thing has a really big engine. It's outside of the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you haven't seen the picture, go, go see the picture. Um it's pretty much a American muscle car with a big engine on the back of it. Um, it looks like they're going really stripped down, really, um, he really just found this. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. I think it's a really interesting and good change from what we've seen. You know, we've seen, you know, the, you just said it, the, the tumbler as a tank. We've seen the Batmobile as a tank. We've seen, that 
whatever they were doing in Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. <laughs> that movie that was, and then we've seen, um, you know, the the Batman Returns and the the Batman '89 Batmobile, which is the, I'd say for me the classic look of yes. the Batmobile. I'd say the gold standard um, when it comes to Batmobiles. <laughs> sure, sure, gold standard, right? Um, and then of course we've seen the 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 ragtop Adam West 1966 Batmobile, which is essentially just a car, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a big bodied car, uh, but this is more like a I don't want to say hot rod, but just like a classic car. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, um, he's not going to get a lot of protection in in it. Doesn't look like there's a lot of room in there, but I really like the the switch you know uh from the tank or whatever it was that they were trying to do in batman versus superman kind of like a mixture of both <laughs> like half the I tank half the car <laughs> yeah i guess but um I, yeah i i really like uh the, the change in in um this new batmobile yeah i i'm digging it it's not going to go down as my all-time favorite Batmobile. That will forever be the 89 one, like I've said multiple times. But like you said, Dane, I do like the fact that they're going back to it being more like a car. I wouldn't expect it to be this simplistic, but I think there's something cool about that. And as I've said, how this is something totally unique for a Batman film for the Batmobile to look like that, it's definitely not the case in comics where there's been multiple versions of Batmobiles in the comics where it almost looks like a straight-up car with a few little altercations on it that make it feel like a bat or has a bat design to it and that's the case with this one where it's mainly in the back of the car where it feels like you know has a little bit of a bat aesthetic to it but i can't wait to see this thing in action and to see what kind of sequence we're going to get because like you said it's not going to be something that we've seen in the more recent movies with the dark knight trilogy or batman versus superman where we just see this overpowered tank vehicle just mowing down (laughs) other vehicles making damage to the highways and streets we might be getting some cool race sequences not necessarily race sequences maybe chase sequences with a more agile batmobile that you know has to be careful as he's driving it where uh, it could probably take some damage and it just to me it's really cool that this is kind of the vibe they're going for this version of batman and just or the batmobile but just in batman in general how um, it's definitely not an origin story, but I think the reports we're hearing is about like a second year as Batman. So we're still kind of the beginning of his career where I guess he's still making his way and trying to put things together, so to speak, as far as his gear and his vehicles, where it's not going to be all souped out and just overpowering like we've seen uh, Batman's technology and vehicles can be, which you know, should be kind of cool to see. But yeah, I'm digging it. Um but to go back, let's go back a little bit to the actual costume reveal. The first one we got. Sure. So when this happened, this is like once I saw it, I was like, oh, man, kind of bummed we're not recording at our normal schedule cause I could just to talk about the suit. But it was, I don't know, it was, um, I had a mixed feelings initially when it came out. It was a cool reveal. I liked how Matt Reeves did it where he just sent out this like minute video of test footage of Robert Pattinson in the bat suit. We got this cool new theme i think it's going to be the new theme for the movie by michael giacchino i've heard people compare it to the imperial march which i didn't hear at first but when someone brought that to my attention yeah i can hear it a little bit but it's still pretty cool but just getting the slow reveal of the costume we're seeing the armor we're seeing the bat logo and then it's slowly making its way to 
actually seeing the cow in Robert Pattinson's face in the Batman cow. And when I saw that, I was like, I don't know how to really judge it just yet because they're missing one of the most important aspects of the cow, the ears, <laughs> which is really going to give you a, you know, the defining aspect of Batman's cow. And depending on the length, the design, the shape of it, to see how you're going to react to a new Batman costume. And since we didn't get that, I couldn't make full judgment on it yet. So I was kind of thinking, I obviously don't hate it. I think there's some cool aspects to it because the 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 bodysuit and the armor looks like they're really going for kind of an Arkham uh, Arkham City, Arkham uh, Asylum, Arkham uh, Arkham Knight. If I could just say the Arkham games might have been easier <laughs> type of vibe to it, which I think would be cool. Though I will say straight off the bat, it's not going to compare it to Ben Affleck's bat costume, which to me was perfect um, in look and design and color scheme. So they're obviously going for something different. But when I saw that first reveal, I didn't love it because I couldn't make full judgment because I didn't know how the cape and, or the cow was going to look with the ears. And just seeing how Robert Pattinson's face was going to be inside the cow, it made me think, well, this is going to be kind of a more leaner or thinner type version of Batman. And I got to wait to see how it really looks where we're seeing not only full motion, but just full body images of him actually in the suit. So I was kind of reserving judgment. Didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I thought it was a cool way to reveal it and couldn't wait to see more. And my first thought when we didn't get the ear reveal in that uh, video, I thought maybe they're going to, because the way, I don't know, the way his face was and the shape of the cowl, it made me think that they could possibly go in like the real classic, like the first design look of Batman in those first issues by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, where he had the long ears that are kind of more uh, turned to the side, so to speak, not just straight up, a little curved. And I always liked that early look of Batman. I think that could be something cool to see on screen. But um, it turns out that's not going to be the case, as we eventually did get uh, our best look at Robert Pattinson in the Bat costume a little bit later. But um, what was your immediate reaction day when you saw this video? Um, I, I liked it. I, 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 I know what people are saying about like the, the new Batman team sounding like the Imperial March, because that was my first impression too. Um, it kind of does sound like it, but, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I really love this bat suit. Um, it doesn't look like it's been molded. It's been made. Yeah. It looks like it's been found. Which is, mm. you know, going back to the Batmobile. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's the theme they're going for. They're not going for the, okay, Bruce Wayne's a billionaire. So he made this thing, right? Mm-hmm. He he got it from China. You remember in The Dark Knight when they're doing the, or the Batman Begins, sorry, when they're doing the tests on the different cowl materials? Yeah. Maybe they didn't do that for this bat suit. Maybe it was just it was found, right? That was my first impression of it. Where it's it looks really industrial. It looks like something yep. that was created for uh I don't know, like a welder or something. So you know, somebody that does a physical job rather than this was made, you know, in a factory by a billionaire. Uh, and 
you know, it, it it's it's rough around the edges. It, it it doesn't fit them right, especially when I was looking at the images that people were taking and lighting, you know, lighting it up a little bit. Yeah. because that video is really dark. Yeah, um, that's that was another reason why I couldn't form a real opinion on it just yet because of the dark lighting and the red color scheme to the video. <laughs> which yeah, you really couldn't get a good feel of just how exactly the suit would look. I mean, it's a great aesthetic, the red yeah, and the black, um, but. Um, especially when I saw the, the, the pictures of, um, that, that people had screenshotted or whatever, um, it's, it, it doesn't fit right. It doesn't look right. Um, you know, we didn't see the ears, but I would assume that it would be the short ears on this one. Sorry, Tim. Um, <laughs> I was still holding out hope, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, that, that, that was the impression that I got. And I, I really like that look, um. It, it's it's not that big bulky um, Ben Affleck look or even the Christian Bale look. It th- this looks like it's skin tight, and Robert Pattinson is really skinny. Um, but I really like the rough around the edges sort of aesthetic about it. Um, like a, like how I was saying, it looks industrial. Yeah, it it doesn't fit him right. I. I I really like that because it doesn't because we haven't really seen that before, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 bad suit has always been something that was made by a billionaire, and this is something kind of different from what we've seen so far. Um, but yeah, I I really like the um, I really like the look of it. I, I I know some people are a little shaky. It reminds me. I mean, they're going old school with this. They're going back to, like, the original detective comic stories with the look, it seems like, rather than, you know, something current day. So I really, really like the, the new Batsuit. You make up a, or bring up an interesting point about, you know, maybe the suit or the material of it, something that was found and not built by a billionaire. And that makes yeah. me think, because it does have that feel, I agree. It makes me think, is part of the story going to be where this Bruce Wayne is not using his wealth to fund his crusade as Batman, where he's trying to do it kind of just from the ground up and himself without relying on his resources. Cause that would be interesting. Maybe he feels yeah. he doesn't want to use his parents' wealth for that. Or there's maybe this will be a version where Bruce Wayne doesn't have access to that wealth for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be some plot aspect to where Bruce isn't using his money to fund everything that he uses for Batman. That would definitely be an interesting way, a way to go. It would make sense to why his suit and the Batmobile look like the way they do. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like that. It's, it seems like, you know, you, you can put money into this, Bruce. You know, I mean, you, you, you don't have to just find this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't look clean, you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. look slick. Uh so, yeah, that 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 was my first impressions of the bat suit. I I really love the new bat suit, especially the new bat logo. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that it's the gun. Right? Yeah. So, but it's you know it'd be interesting. If that's the way they go. Yeah. Because we're talking about there's that great story in Detective Comics one thousand where got uh, Kevin Smith wrote that he used the gun or bought the gun that killed his parents and used it as for the material as the 
the shield, the yellow shield that he uses as a logo on his suit as a protection yeah. for the gun that killed his parents will now be used to protect himself, which was a cool aspect. I wonder if there's going to be something like that or just fun fan speculation that, <laughs> that was the case. But it's interesting that the logo, there's no ears on the bat logo for his suit. It just looks like two bat wings. But, yeah. you know, it still holds off and looks really cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I really want to see is the cape. I know we got a little bit of that in the bat in in the Batmobile pictures, but I, I, I kind of really want to see what they do with the cape. Is it going to be something, you know, elegant and flowing, or is it just going to be l- like the aesthetic that we've already seen? Um, is it just going to be like a, I don't know, like a tarp that had Bruce Wayne found or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and speaking of those new photos, or actually first, um, I take it you saw the leaked set photos that came out of giving us no, like I a did not. You, I, you did not. I I refused to see. Oh those wow! Yeah. I'm proud of you, Dane. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I've I've seen numerous articles on. Look at this. Look at what we saw during the filming of Batman. You know, but uh, I said no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't go into full detail on it, but I was. They actually came out as we were waiting in line for the. The smugglers run ride <laughs> galaxy's edge is like oh this sure shots of the bat suit yeah. and it gave us a good look at the ears and i will say i'm actually kind of happy with the ear length and you kind of see that in the official release photos of the batmobile but to me they're not as long as i like them which is the keaton suit length but not as short as ben affleck's was it's kind of in between there and i think it looks pretty cool but yeah um one thing i will say about those set photos where i was saying how Robert Pattinson kind of looks like a more leaner or thinner Batman. I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> he definitely looks bulked up in these set photos where as Batman should. So I won't go any further details on that, but definitely gave you a better look. But oh, okay. going back to what you were saying with the cape in the one shot with the Batmobile, that's just such an amazing shot where it's from behind. You're seeing Batman and the Batmobile from behind. And you see the cape flowing there. I just really love how it looks. And another thing I like about the suit, that I'm digging is the collar aspect that goes with the cape and just above below the cowl too. There's been some versions of the suit that had that for, it reminds me a bit of remember in the anime of Gotham Knight, it was a third one where there is that suit or that Batman had that had the collar. It doesn't I'm look exactly like it. that, but I'm trying to remember it has a sort of uh. a feel to that. And even Gotham by gaslight a little bit with the, how that, uh, cape look too it gives me a little vibe of that which i think is going to look cool on screen but yeah seeing the batmobile images was cool but really my biggest takeaway from them was that i'm really digging this bat suit now <laughs> at first where i was kind of in between with that first reveal but then from the set photos and now these official photos where you get to see the cape the suit the cowl it's looking like a cool batman design and yeah, Robert Pattinson looking really great <laughs> in that new Batman suit. And I just can't wait again to see a close, more close-up, officially released shots and just seeing him in action and in motion with the suit. But all signs are pointing toward it's going to be a unique but still a very cool look for Batman. And I just can't wait to see it in action. Okay, I see it now. So, so it kind of comes in the front then. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, it could be interesting. I don't think we've seen that, right? No, definitely not in live action. Yeah, yeah. 
And remember there were those rumors we were talking about how it was possible the suit could be the classic blue and gray? Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. No. <laughs> so no. going for the dark gray and black, which is fine by me. Didn't you say you wanted a blue bat suit? Blue and I gray? Want, I, would, I think it would be cool in something different. Yeah. I don't know how... It might be hard to pull off in live action. It would have to be a darker blue tone, definitely. But I still would want to see how that would be pulled off. Yeah. Because you don't well, want you... it looking exactly like the Adam West style, <laughs> blue and gray. Exactly. In fact... Oh, sorry. In fact, that that, that was the, um, the... Kind of the first impression that I got from the, the, the new Batsuit. Is Adam West. The really? Adam West Batsuit, yeah. Especially like, like mainly the cowl because like, I don't see how you could get that just from the armor of it, <laughs> but maybe from the cowl in that first yeah teaser yeah video. yeah the cowl, uh, especially like right by his nose. Mm, okay, um, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah, I I I, I love this new bat suit. I I, hmm. I have to see it better lit, but um, I I really like it. Oh yeah, I'm digging it now. At first, I was kind of in between, but I'm really liking it. I think the more that we see of it, and that gets revealed, where we see you know, better shots of it, of him in the suit, it's, it's probably going to look better and better the more that gets shown for it. So yeah, I can't wait. I mean, we're all geeking out, getting excited about these images and stills, and it's just really cool that Matt Reeves is doing this. He's taking the step ahead to get ahead of the game before all these leaked photos come out, which is probably why that first teaser video got revealed the week before those leaked images came out and probably the same thing is going to happen with the Batmobile. Now that we got these shots, they'll probably be filming a lot now with the Batmobile and more leaked stuff is going to come out, but just cool way to get it. And it's just making me anticipate how amazing and exciting it's going to be to get that first teaser trailer for this and yeah. seeing the stuff in action. It's going to be so cool. And I think if I were to guess it'd probably be sometime in the fall, but maybe Warner brothers would want to get the hype going for this and maybe do it in, during the summer, like, officially one year before it comes out just to kind of put out a short teaser but maybe not much shown kind of what they did for the dark knight trilogy but regardless it's going to be exciting once we do finally get that because so far everything that's being released so far is shaping up to be a unique but still cool looking new batman movie that we're going to get next year yeah just don't just don't have multiple bat suits you know that you're putting on throughout the movie yeah yeah i mean that's when you do that from movie to movie, I think that's fine. But when you have multiple in one movie, I can understand where you're coming from. Where it's yeah. best probably to stick with one. Yeah, you remember the the Batman welder suit uh, from uh, <laughs> Justice, was that League? Justice League? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's only in that for like one scene. Yeah, just the ending. Just and... the ending. I I thought it was before that when, when the Justice League shows up. Um, in the, was know, it in the sewer bat- like the sewer battle? No, wondering? no, it, it it was in the sewer um, when the Justice League shows up. Like he's like welding something. If I'm remembering it correctly, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you haven't sure. seen him that many times. <laughs> no, no, I have not. Um, but yeah, that that that's it for our future topic for this episode. Uh, really excited for this new Batman movie. Oh yes, I've been anxious to talking about it too. <laughs> I know. After waiting so long. I know. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tim, for going I'm to Galaxy's Edge and having an extremely fun time. 
How but dare hey, you? But now we got to talk about the first suit reveal and the Batmobile reveal. So we got to do it all in one. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, and, and, and plus to, you know, because we didn't record, I had a lot of time. And I, I finally saw uh, Knives Out, the, oh, the you Ryan did. Johnson film. Yeah, it's really heard, good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, if, if it's it's kind of like a a classic whodunit thing, but mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, he switches it up and Daniel Craig doing like a foghorn leghorn <laughs> really accent. I mean, this accent is to the moon, Tim. It's <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know why they just didn't make him British, but that's my only criticism of. <laughs> Of that that movie, it's it's really good. So is it one of those mysteries where, I guess, the actual identity of the killer is something you didn't see coming, or did a good job of not making it obvious? Uh, no, but... no. Um, they tell you who did it, uh, <laughs> like right away, pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like I don't know, twenty five, thirty minutes into. The oh movie, wow, so that's something out. different. Yeah, and then the 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 rest of the time is that person trying to. Uh, not get caught and trying to you know switch things around and stuff so yeah you find out really early who it is which okay. which i was really appreciative of i was gonna say that's kind of a different but probably a good way to approach it to have something different for these type of murder mystery films or whodunit films yeah yeah so yeah i highly recommend uh knives out also i saw uh uh jojo rabbit the uh the um, the Taco Waititi film, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the Hitler Youth. Yeah, movie. <laughs> I heard that's really good too. I wanted to check it's, that one it's out. It's really, really good. I was like, I don't know if you know, I want to watch a a movie like that, you know. But yeah, don't worry. It's it's a great movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's really good in it. You know, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. She plays uh, the kid's mom, Jojo okay. Rabbit's mom. <laughs> is that his nickname he goes by or is that his actual name yeah <laughs> yeah because he was um well it's kind of kind of a dark scene but he makes like he's all tough and they they tell him to um kill a rabbit uh right but then he he uh he doesn't and he's like he lets the rabbit go and so now they call him jojo rabbit but great film uh it's really funny uh kind of really sad also mm. uh, um you know especially when you're dealing with the subject matter uh-huh. um but yeah really really good film so yeah those are two movies i'm hoping hit streaming services pretty soon whether it's yeah. netflix amazon or hulu <laughs> i know yeah, so... I, was gonna say, I know uh, parasites coming to hulu i think in april or may and... oh yeah uh, you called on that one, Dane, with winning the best picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, Oscars. right. Right, right. That's another one you really need to watch. Yeah. And don't learn anything about it. I still stayed away from it, even though right. there was a lot of talk about it after it won best picture. I still try to stay away from knowing exactly what happens in it. Yeah, good, good. Don't If, if you plan on watching it, don't read anything about what's going on with that movie. Yeah, I definitely plan to once it hits Hulu. Yeah. But, also, uh, Joaquin Phoenix won uh, Best Actor. Not uh, a surprise, but still Oscar. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, 
what is her name? <laughs> I I totally forgot. Uh, the best actress uh, winner? No. Um, Hilder. Oh, yeah. The composer. Yeah. Okay. Hilder yeah. Good uh, daughter. Yeah, she she won for uh, the best original score. So, Much deserved too. Even though you know, you know, I was probably rooting for John Williams to take one more Star Wars <laughs> Oscar for a score home. Even though he only has one, he likes to get another one for the final one. But Joker had a great he, score. He, so he only has one. Yeah. For for what? Just for well, not just one for Star Wars. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, which um, yeah, A New Hope, hope of course, because oh, how groundbreaking hope. that was. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would have been for uh, Empire Strikes Back. I do think A New Hope is probably the better score, mm. in my opinion. But just for all the great, amazing new themes it introduced. Yeah. But also, what was cool in the Oscars, too, besides seeing another actor win for the role of Joker, I just think that's so awesome that we got two Oscar-winning performances for this iconic character. It just speaks to what a great creation he was by Bill Finger and uh, Jerry Robertson. And also, too, I liked them when they were announcing the Best Adapted Screenplay category that Joker was nominated for. How it was, we saw Bill Finger, Jerry Robinson, and Bob Kane mentioned as characters oh, uh, wow. created by. <laughs> Just cool to hear their names on that right. award show. So I, I geeked out about that. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, who who won uh, uh, Best Actress? Uh, Renee know? Zellweger for the... For- the Judy Garland movie, which I didn't even know there was a movie about that that she played. Yeah, I did. There, there was a Judy Garland movie. Yeah, there, apparently there was. <laughs> but yeah, must have not seen any trailers or commercials for it, but because I wasn't aware there was one, just like you. Me, yeah, me neither. Um, Laura Dern won a yeah uh, Oscar. Yep. And what are some of the other big winners? Taika. Yeah, he won. Uh, yeah. Best uh, screenplay, right? Adapted. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. Yeah. That's right. Uh... I know Ryan Johnson was nominated for best original screenplay, but he didn't win that one. I forgot what which one that. But was he also nominated for um, best picture? No. No, I think that was the only category Nice well, was nominated for. Oh. Oh, it was a good movie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out once it hits streaming somewhere. Hopefully soon. <laughs> oh, good. It's 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 good to know you're not one of those Star Wars fans. No, I'm not one of those because <laughs> I really do like the Last Jedi a lot. Even though there's some yeah. things I wish were done differently. And he's obviously a talented uh, director, so yeah. Um, but, you yeah. know what movie I saw recently? What is it? I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? How and was it? It was really good. I know this isn't saying much, and I don't want it to say to speak to you know, oh, the bar's so low, but easily the best video game movie ever. And it's actually been a good streak because I like Detective Pikachu too. And even though I'm not even really a Pokemon fan, it was just a good, different, unique type of movie that was really? based on a video game. But really, it's that good. I like it. It's a, yeah, it's definitely entertaining. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Detective Pikachu here, but yeah, yeah. Sonic. I think is in the same way where it did a good job with the source material and making it into a movie. Um, I will say, I wish they would have done more in the Sonic worlds from the game and more of the lore that the Sonic games have instead of just kind of that 
typical cookie cutter fish out of water story where he's taken from his world and in our world. We've seen that before, but I think it's definitely going to get a sequel because it did great numbers and was well received. And the the end credits scene definitely teased that that's probably what the sequel is going to be <laughs> more of Sonic's world because all that stuff looked great, but uh, just the humor that Sonic had, the catcher, his character personality, right? And just seeing him in live action with his speed and doing the stuff that you're able to do in video games with him was cool to see. And Jim Carrey in this movie, man, <laughs> he was great. It was classic 90s Jim Carrey, which I've heard a lot before seeing it, but that's exactly what I got <laughs> when I saw his performance as Dr. Robotnik. He was just the Jim Carrey hamming it up and just delivering funny lines and having funny reactions that only Jim Carrey can do. He was really entertaining in this one. So this all around is made for a fun, entertaining movie with Sonic. And they did the character justice, which they easily could have, you know, ruined and almost did with that first design, which I will say I didn't hate initially, but the redesign was so much better and just really felt like Sonic in live action. So yeah, it was, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it as a Sonic fan from, the very first game and loving some of the animated series. So it was cool to see a live action movie for him done well. I totally forgot about that movie. <laughs> That's Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it's Sonic and Cyclops teaming up for a buddy comedy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, speaking of Jim Carrey, I, I have this theory that since Batman forever, right? He can't really do the um the wacky jim carrey anymore right the jim carrey shtick so to speak <laughs> yeah mm. hold on wait, wait, wait. i mean let me let me look up his because that was in 95 he had to do a few movies after that that was still kind of yeah. the same vein but he definitely moved away from that later on okay no i'm lying so uh, 95, same year, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, the sequel to Ace Ventura. And then Cable Guy, That's right. Liar Liar. And then it starts getting more serious, like The Truman Show, Man on the Moon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this definitely harkens back to <laughs> something he would do in those early 90s, Jim Carrey. And it was great seeing that again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, now we can move on to our uh, news and discussion topics. Um, first one is a big one, Tim. Oh, yes. An unexpected surprise, and I can't wait. To... <laughs> yeah, so there's going to be a new animated series co- comic book uh, written by T- Paul Dini. Yep, and Alan Burnett. And that's really the thing that has me most excited. Because they easily could have done a continuation in the Batman, the animated series continuity with other writers, and I'd still be excited for it. But the fact that you got two of the four main creators and brains behind Batman the Animated Series working on this from a story perspective, that just makes it feel more real, so to speak, and that it is in the main Batman the Animated Series continuity. And it's going to be great uh, because they're going to fill in some gaps where they're going to bring in classic comic characters that were never in the animated series into this comic and have it be in that continuity. And it's going to be interesting and exciting because we're going to get the Batman the Animated Series version of Jason Todd. And I'm really curious to see where this is going to fit in the timeline. Is it going to be before Tim Drake, like how it is in the comics, or after Tim Drake? Or Well, you know what? I, it's going to have to be before, because in this article, it was announced over at Entertainment Weekly, 
it does say that the comic's going to take place before the traumatic flashback events in Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which, of course, was the last time Tim was Robin. So apparently Jason is going to be before Tim Drake, just like in the comics. But I'm going to be curious to see how that's going to play in the timeline because I have I was always under the impression that the transition from when Dick left to Tim was pretty short. So maybe they're going to expand on that where there was a good period of time where Dick left as Robin and before Tim came into the picture. So, but it's going to be cool to see how they're going to work that into it. And again, coming from Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, it's going to be really cool to see what they're going to do with this type of story in the Batman, the animated series continuity. And they even mentioned, we're going to see Jason as red hood. They're going to bring other characters like Azrael into the mix, which we never seen before. And Paul Dini's kind of really teasing that up as far as his favorite story in this comic series. So there's some cool reveals and stuff that he says makes perfect sense given the lore of our series that he's really jazzed about in that Azrael story arc. So, yeah, I can't wait for this. It's just going to be cool to get new stories in the Batman the Animated Series continuity. Um, it's going to be... I'm trying to look at the artist's name because the same artist who did the other uh, Adventures of Batman comics, um, when those were going on in the 90s, uh, Ty Templeton. He'll be continuing doing the arc. And it looks really good. It's in that classic Bruce Tim style. Uh, the first arc is going to be kind of dealing with uh, Lex Luthor and a giant robot uh, making some thefts that Batman's going up against. They have some artwork tees in the Entertainment Weekly article. And it, like I said, it's looking like that classic Bruce Tim style. So I'm really excited about this. It's going to be digital first. It's going to come out in April. And then it's going to be on comic shelves in May 6th. So um, I was talking about um, when the year began, how wasn't really going to be getting much more DC comics because nothing's really exciting me, but this is exciting me. So I'll definitely be be getting these issues as they come out and obviously talking about them and reviewing them once I do. So I really can't wait for this. And some of the covers they have revealed, they just look fantastic. Just seeing the Batman, the animated series designs and drawn with this great art, it just looks really, really cool. So yeah, all about this announcement has me really excited and what's not to love about it it's more stories in the batman the animated series universe by the creators and introducing classic characters that never had the chance to be in the series like jason todd Azrael, and deathstroke was another one they mentioned so yeah i can't wait for this it sounds and looks really cool all right and our second piece of news is that dan didio is no longer co-publisher at dc this might sound mean but finally <laughs> I, mean, I was never the biggest Dan DiDio fan like I think there was a lot of comic fans who felt that way and I think it was long overdue for him to get away from being one of the co-publishers because just some of his initiatives that even going back to new 52 stuff you know that was big for him and obviously some of it worked and a lot of it didn't but I think there hasn't been an official statement for why he's no longer with DC and if it's you know, he stepped down if he was fired. I think it was more kind of leaning towards it was the fired aspect. <laughs> but I think a lot of it, a lot, some reports are saying a lot of it had to do with this new Generation 5 initiative they were planning, that whole revamp of the universe again, where it's going to take place years in the future, and there's going to be new, younger characters in the roles of Batman, Superman, and all that, which, again, I said before how I was not excited about at all. It was one of the reasons why I'm not really getting much more DC Comics anymore, so... Maybe that's something that is not going to happen with him being gone, and they'll do something like that, but scale it back a little bit where it's not a full-blown revamp again. And just hopefully these 
I'm going to use the word, for lack of better words, gimmicks to, with these comics to get these events and more interest and eyes talking about it. It just gets tiring after a while, which we talked about to death numerous times. Rebirth was a success, but that kind of lost its steam a little bit um, with some more convoluted stories that were coming out. So I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get everything, at least speaking for myself, to get me fully back and invested to multiple DC titles again. Um, but hopefully, you know, with more of a singular direction and approach, because right now Jim Lee is just the single publisher. And it sounds like that's how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So it's going to be interesting to see what DC has plans going forward. But again, not to sound like a jerk or be mean, but <laughs> it was time for Dan to deal, past time for him to go because this wasn't a fan of some of the stuff he did and the direction they were planning on going. So uh, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, for me, and I'm not saying it's Dan DiDio's fault, it, it it was all of the, you know, New 52 and then Rebirth, and then, you know, I guess there's a new thing that you're talking about where it's like, it's it's the constant relaunch yeah. of books, and it's like, uh, let's just stick with one and have adventures in that. And just you tell know, good stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tell good stories, and yeah um but i guess i guess hopefully maybe they'll just stick to one storyline now that dan dio isn't there anymore or just less of these constant shakeups. i mean <laughs> right count how yeah can't even count how many there have been not full-blown events but other shakeups that have happened in the course of you know the last 10 years or not even 10 years what since the new 52 because then you had that whole uh, DCU, I think it was called, where it was uh, Jim Gordon as Batman and everything, the status quo yeah. was shaken up with other titles, the whole villains, year of the villains thing going on. This year, there was that other villain event, which is actually pretty good, Jeff John's story with the, I think it was called, what was, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was where pretty much the villains had to save the day from the, uh, uh, the crime syndicate from Earth 3. Uh, but it was a cool story. I just can't remember the exact title of it right now. It's been a while since I read it. So just, you know, constantly shaking things up where they don't need to in such short amounts of time, hopefully will now be lessened <laughs> that Dan is not there because I think it wasn't too much of a secret that he was the one who was always spearheaded that type of stuff and just wanted to do drastic changes to yeah. Yeah, the whole universe. So well, it's going to be an interesting Comic-Con, <laughs> that's for sure, for DC, what the announcements they're going to make there to see if what the future is going to Comic-Con. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> too. If there is a Comic-Con this summer. Um, so, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for um, our show. No reviews, uh, no emails. Um, just kind of a catching up thing. Yeah, uh, hopefully Tim, we'll be uh, back into the swing of things and more regular release schedule <laughs> going forward. Yeah. If nothing drastic happens. Um... So yeah, just go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311. I'll say it because you went to Galaxy's Edge, Tim. Thank you. And I'll give you a happy early 311 day. As this episode goes live, the 311 day would be the day before. So, <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay. Happy 311 day to everybody that likes 311. Yes. Um my Twitter handle is at Dane Says Banana. The show's Twitter handle is at Batfans Podcast. You can email the show at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. Um, 
Did I get everything, Tim? I think you got it. Okay. Um, well, look, we see at the end of every single episode. What do we say, Tim? We love each and every one of you with all of our hearts from Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah, I knew you had to say that. <laughs> I just had to. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody. Yeah.